0: Al-Amin wassalatu salamu ala rasulihil kareem Nabiya Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in amma ba'd Qayyab concerning this hadith of Jibreel alayhi salam and how he came and he sat in front of the messenger alayhi salam and the way that he questioned him what do we learn from that what did we mention last week about this some of the etiquettes of a talib al-ilm sitting close to where the daras is taking place what else do we learn from the, meth- the, the questioning of Jibreel what else do we learn from it He came and he asked the Messenger certain questions. Did he know the answer to them themselves? He knew them. Okay. So that therefore indicates that a person... ah. He was actually teaching. That is a form of teaching because he was the cause and the means via which the teaching took place. You have the one that is teaching directly and likewise the one that is instrumental in the knowledge that is being taught so Jibreel والسلام, he asked the messenger والسلام, about Islam, about, about Iman, about Ihsan, about the signs of the day of standing, even though he knew the answers to them himself, this, def- this def- therefore indicates that the Talibul Ilm should not just restrict and limit himself to asking those questions whose, uh, the, the, those questions, the answers of which he already knows Likewise, he can also ask questions. The answers of which he does already know, but for the benefit of others. The first pillar of Islam. Or, in terms of Islam and Iman. Islam and Iman, what do they mean when these two terms are mentioned together in a single context? Islam is a term that is, that is in reference to So Islam, it literally means to surrender. But we're saying that shara'an, legislatively, when these two terms, Islam and Iman, are mentioned together, then Islam, it is in reference to, Yeah, it's a separate meaning, it's got. but what, what does it mean? Outward, action, outward actions, external actions. And Iman is a term that is in reference to internal actions, meaning your beliefs. But if the two, if either of the two terms, are used by themselves, like for example, in in Allah Islam, indeed the deen of, with Allah is Islam, then in that context it is in reference to both Islam and Iman. It's in reference to external actions and internal actions. Ta'ib, la ilaha illallah, which is the first pillar. It means. What does it mean? No deity worthy of worship except Allah. No God has the right of being worshipped except Allah. No God is worshipped in truth except for Allah. And so on and so All these, these uh, uh, translations, they all mean the same thing. La, حق إلا Yes, that's why it's the first pillar. Without saying La ilaha illallah you cannot enter into Islam. طيب, what are the pillars of La إله إلا Number one is, la ilaha illallah is a nafi, negation. You negate anything and everything from having a right of worship. Worship, the second pillar is what? Affirmation, affirming worship exclusively for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The right of worship exclusively for Allah. Tayyib the Rasulullah, what is this testification, that I testify, no God, that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. What does this indicate? What does this uh, necessitate? Sheikh Abdul abbad he mentioned several things. Does anybody remember? Hmm? So obeying the messenger, alayhi salatu in whatever he orders us to do so. Likewise, what else? Hmm? That the Messenger alayhi he should become more beloved to you than any other person, anybody else. Ah. Keep away from what he prohibited you from. And you only worship Allah as and as in how the Messenger taught us, based upon his teachings. And you believe in everything that the Messenger والسلام, taught you. طيب So this is where we stopped last week. And that was part number five to Shaykh Abdul Mahsin al Sharh. Part number six is concerning the statement of Jibril when he said, Sadaqt, you've spoken the truth. Jibreel, alayhi salatu salam, asks the messenger, what is Islam? And then, the messenger say, and then the messenger says what he says, he says the five pillars. Then Jibreel, alayhi salatu salam, he says, Sadaqt, you've spoken the truth. So the companions, they said, for we became amazed that he asks him and then he says that he's spoken the truth. Why were the companions amazed? Because, ah. That's right. Because uh, generally speaking, someone who asks a question, he asks him because he doesn't know it. The companions became shocked that this person is asking this question and he knows the answer as well. That's part number six. Part number seven, as we said last week, is going to be quite lengthy because it is a discussion concerning what? Usulul Iman, the pillars of Iman. Just concerning one pillar, Tawhid, one pillar, Al Iman Billah, books have been written, voluminous books. So, therefore, this uh, discussion here, the seventh part, is quite lengthy. It's quite lengthy. But we will no doubt try to be brief. We're not going to go into extensive detail. But concerning the first pillar of Iman, belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this we will go into some detail, not extensive, greatly extensive detail, but a bit of elaboration because of how important it is and because of the society that we live in. The society that we live in. It is a society where the Iman in Allah Jalla is weak. And therefore it is important for us to be educated upon these matters. So as far as the seventh principle is concerned, Jibreel alayhi he said, Fa anil iman. Tell me about Iman. So the Messenger alayhi salatu he said, Iman is that you believe in Allah, His, his angels, His books, His prophets. You believe in Yawm Al-Akhir, the last day, and that you believe in Qadr, pre decree the good of it and the bad of it. Concerning this, Jibreel, he said, Sadaq, you've spoken the truth. So these pillars of Iman, these pillars, the Messenger, mentioned that the first pillar is Iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because that is the foundation of Iman. That is the basis of Iman. That's the most important aspect of Iman everything else is a branch of it but Iman in Allah that is the asr that is the foundation why do you have Iman in the angels because you have Iman in Allah why is it the case that you have Iman in the books as a result of having had Iman in Allah for that reason the messenger makes irafa to the, of the rest of the uh, the pillars of Iman to having uh, Iman in Allah he says Iman is belief, Iman in Allah, and his books, his, 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 uh, his angels, his prophets. He makes idhafa ascribes these things back to Allah, because Allah, he is the, having Iman in him, that's the origin, that's the basis. As far as having Iman in Allah is concerned, then that consists of four matters. Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymeen, he mentions, and others have mentioned, Shaykh Abdul Mahjid al-Abbad, like here, he mentions, Iman in Allah, that consists of four matters. Number one, Iman bi wujudillah, Iman in the existence of Allah. Number two, Iman in the rububiyah of Allah, the lordship of Allah. Number three, Iman in the uluhiyah of Allah, the right of worship of Allah. Number four, Iman in the asma wa sifat of Allah, the names and the attributes of Allah. Who can say those four things again? Anybody besides Adam? Okay, so the brother's given us existence, lordship, right of worship. The last one is asma'i wa Names and actions. As far as the first matter is concerned, Iman and the existence of Allah. That is established. Shaykh Muhammad Ibn Saleh, he mentions, for example, in his Al-Aqeed uh, al that Iman in the existence of Allah Jalla that is established by way of four means. Number one, al fitra. fitra Fitra. What's fitrah? Fitrah. Who's heard of that term before? What does fitrah mean? What does the term fitrah mean? Purity. something else. Something inside, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Something inside that Allah has just made you predisposed to your natural inclination your natural inclination to feel a certain way your natural inclination to have these certain impulses natural inclination to have certain beliefs so that's number one, al-fitrah a natural inclination, a natural propensity, a natural uh, uh, innate hardwired feeling and belief number two so number one. Allah Jalla wa that We know that he exists. Because number one, it's in the fitrah. Number two. Al-aql. Intellect. Intellect. Reason. Number three. His. Perception. Literally perception. I your experience. Things that you experience. Things that you experience. Number four. Uh, the legislation meaning the religion, the religion itself what the Prophet said, what the Prophet's taught so as far as the first matter is concerned al-fitrah, the natural inclination something that you are predisposed to something that has been hardwired inside of your soul something that you can't escape from this is something that every single human being that isn't arrogant, he will admit. Or every single human being whose fitra, and whose aql, whose natural disposition, and whose intellect hasn't been polluted, hasn't been corrupted with shubahat and shahawat, with doubts and misconceptions and desires. But any, any human being, if you were to leave a child by himself, Recognize that someone has made me. Recognize that someone has, has uh, created me and someone owns me and someone sustains me. This is something that is natural, doesn't require aql. Doesn't require this is prior to the stage of aql. This is something that is predisposed in the human being. Not something that is regarding analysis. Not something that is regarding analysis and ana- analyzing things and thinking. Without thinking, a person knows this. Concerning this, Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, he has obviously many beautiful statements. One of the statements that he has concerning this, it has been mentioned in his collection, not his own collection. Majmu' al-Fatawa isn't his own collection. He didn't collect a book called Majmu' al-Fatawa, but the works of ibn Taymiyyah were collected in a collection that has been named Majmu' al-Fatawa. Within that, there is a statement of ibn Taymiyyah, where he said, وَمِنَ الْمَعْلُومِ It is known by necessity, without even thinking, it is known by necessity. It is known by necessity, that for an occurrence to occur, there must an occurrence to occur, without having existed, for something to exist, without having existed at one point, for something to occur, come into existence without having existed before that it's a must for a muhdith to be behind it that it's a must for a an occurer to be behind it a doer to be behind it meaning someone that brought that thing into existence it's known without even before you go into the realm of analysis just by necessity naturally regardless of your IQ level it is known that for something to come into existence there needs to be some someone else that has that has brought it into existence. This is something that is naturally known by necessity, even by the young babies, young children. And then he gives an example. He says, "فَإِنَّ الصَّبِيَ لَوْ ضَرَبَهُ وَهُوَ غَافِلُ لَا يَبْصِرُهُ لَقَالَ مَنْ If it is the case that there is a child, a toddler, an infant, say about two years old, three years old, some, somebody comes and hits that child, but the child he doesn't see, who's, who's the one that's hit me? The child he feels, that a, a shoe smacked him on the back of his head, or a hand that has smacked him on the back of his head. But the child, he doesn't see that who's done it. The child is gonna say what? Man Who is the one that has, has hit me? But then if it was said to the child, oh my son, don't worry. No one's really hit you. His mind, his intellect, without an analyzing, without even analyzing, just naturally, his intellect won't accept that the hitting has occurred. Without a doer, without a hitter, that's one thing. فَإِذَا قِيلَ فُلَانَ ضَرَبَكَ Baka. حَتَّى يَضْرِبَ ضَارِبَهُ So if it is the case that it is said to the boy, said to the girl, said to the child, you know so-and-so, he is the one that hit you, you know so-and-so, she is the one that hit you, The child he will begin to cry and he won't stop crying up until he goes back and he hits the person that hit him in the first place so what does this show so thus you find that in the child he is already predisposed without any external influences as of yet, he is already predisposed to the fact that for an action to occur, there is a doer. For an occurrence to to occur, there is someone that made it occur. I.e. for this universe to occur, there must be someone who made it. Not just that though. That child, if it is the case, that you tell him, so and so hit you. The child is not going to stop crying up until he goes back and he hits that person. Or, up until he says, so-and-so hit me. And then you go and you hit the person that hit him. Then the child, he might, he'll, start, he'll stop crying. You'll notice this yourself. My son, I mean, was it today or yesterday? I think a few days ago. Walking with him, all of a sudden, bang, into the chair. Smacks himself into the chair. He starts crying. It wasn't a, bit, it wasn't a big hit but it's a shock. Anyhow, he's a two-year-old baby, he starts crying. What do I have to do? I say, what happened? hit. How did you get hit? "Mm, Chair. So I just walk up to the chair. I get my hand in front of him, and I smack the chair. What happens? Pacifies him. Sooner or later, he stopped crying. My headache is less now. Where does this come from? What does this show? What does it show now? What does that show? So, n- number one, the child, if it is the case that someone hits him, he realizes naturally that the hitting has occurred by someone. It's not just come out of the blue. That's one thing. The second thing, that if you hit that assailant back, if you hit the culprit back, the child becomes pacified. What does that indicate? That. Ah. There you are. That naturally the child recognizes justice you recognize that justice exists and that nothing is just random purposeless without justice he already recognizes that this creation and this existence it is based upon justice without him actually saying it without him actually expressing it يعني, uh, uh, in verbal form without him actually analyzing it he just naturally his actions his impulses indicate to the fact that he recognises there is a doer behind every action, and likewise that justice is something that is that exists. So that is the statement of sheik al Islam ibn Taymiyyah concerning this nature. As well as the fact that any person, even if he is somebody that denies Allah's existence, when push comes to shove, and when he's in a dire straight situation, for example, a person he is skiing in the Alps. There's an avalanche, and he becomes, uh, he starts falling now, as a result of the avalanche. Falling down, falling down, meters, 100 meters, 200 meters. While he's falling, what what does that person do? He will yearn out for some help, he will call out for some help. And many a time you'll find them looking up, when they're asking and they're requesting for that help. What does that show? that it's something that is installed in the fitrah. Not just that, because it's embedded in your fitrah, even your tongue at times, it can't help but express what is installed inside of yourself. Even the most arrogant of atheists, you'll find them at times, Their tongue will slip and they'll, exp- they'll express what is deeply rooted in, in themselves. For example, one of the most prominent atheists of today. They call it new atheism. His name is Richard Dawkins. He's engaged in a debate. And in the debate, he ends up saying this. He says that when you reflect over the universe, when you reflect over the beauty of the universe, and the uh, sheer magnitude of the universe, the size of the universe, the cosmos, and, and so on and so forth, you become overwhelmed. This is his words. You become overwhelmed with a feeling of awe, with a feeling of admiration. With a fi- and he goes, it is tempting to translate this feeling into worship. He says, this is not my words, this is the words of Richard Dawkins, that, it, that you want to ascribe it to a maker, ascribe it to an external agent, Ascribe it to a maker, to a creator. You want to worship something. You want to worship something. You want to, uh, 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 you know, deify something and worship something and adore something. When you look at this universe and what's that? This kalam, this speech that he's coming with, that's not the kalam of someone that believes that we're just carbon matter. That's the kalam of that's the speech of someone that is that believes deep down that he has a maker. But it's the layers and layers of arrogance that prevents them from acknowledging that we'll come to Richard Dawkins in a minute so al-fitrah that's the first thing al-fitrah this natural inclination that every single human being even they did a, a research in Oxford University they themselves came to the conclusion that children are actually born Believing that there is a creator. This is the, uh, uh, I believe the one that did it, he's an atheist himself. The one that did the research, a professor at Oxford University, forgot his name. but He did the research himself, Uh, he's an atheist himself. He himself, from his research, came to the conclusion that children are born hardwired with this belief that there's a creator. Something that's natural. Natural, as natural as Saying that murder is wrong. Anybody that considers himself a moral person, if you ask him, is murder wrong? Yes, murder is wrong. Is uh, abusing a female, abusing a child, is it wrong? Yes, yes, it's wrong, it's wrong, absolutely wrong. Why does he say that? Because it's installed within our fitrah. But it's when that fitrah is deviated and corrupted, that's when it goes astray. So number one, al fitra, The natural inclination, that is what indicates Allah Jalla Number two. The intellect. Concerning this, Allah said in His book: "Am min Did they create themselves or were they made by nothing? So, the intellect indicates that we have a Creator because there's only three options. Number one: you are made the universe was made by nothing that is impossible why because nothingness not absolutely nothingness can't create something nothingness no matter no will no irada no will no want no wish no purpose purposefully intending this thing to be placed here this thing to be placed there no atmosphere nothing Nothingness can't create something. That is something that is and even somebody that, even an atheist, would, he would acknowledge that. That nothingness can't create something. Okay, so that's number one. That's, that's not possible. That you were made by nothing, and that the universe was made by nothing. Logically, as far as, lo- if you're gonna say that we're dealing with logic and intellect, well, intellect dictates that that isn't possible. Okay, number two. You were made By yourself. You made yourself. That again is ridiculous. Because before you came into existence, you were nothing. And as we've already established, nothingness can't create anything. So then then the third option is that you were created by something. Something, not just something, but something that has certain attributes, certain characteristics not just that you were made by something but the fact that you were made by something that has certain attributes certain characteristics just like for example this bottle here if we look at this bottle here it says Buxton water okay just by me reading Buxton there that indicates that the one the entity that made this bottle he has ilm. he has the attribute of knowledge how do I know this because for him to write Buxton He has to have some knowledge of the English language. Some knowledge of the English alphabet. Likewise, it indicates that he has an irada. He has a will. He does things willfully. He does things on purpose. He does things intentionally. Nobody would ever in their right mind say that Buxton here, how many letters? Six letters here. Were put together without will. Without intention. I just, I just wrote Buxton without intending to. Or for example here where it says contact us free and then the phone number there. All of these things. If someone said, you know what, it was just written there by someone that knew English but he didn't intend to put the B there, the U there. It just without purpose, without intention. Anybody would admit to the fact that that is nonsensical. It's silly. Okay. So, so that's one thing that we recognize. When we look at this universe, every single organ that's in your body indicates that the one who put it there he has ilm knowledge he has irada will just look look at your, your elbow for example your elbow if it wasn't there then what would happen? you'd be dependent upon other people to feed you because if the elbow doesn't bend you can't bend your arm and feed yourself or you'd have to grovel at the table like a dog just by not having elbows just by not having elbows you don't have to grovel at the table like a dog because you need the elbows, you need the arm to bend in order to put food from the plate into your mouth so that shows what? it shows irada willfulness that the, that the one who put it there he, he did it on purpose he did it intentionally it also shows hikmah wisdom what a wise creator he is Not only did he create us, not only does he have knowledge, not only does he have a will out of choice, likewise, the wisdom behind it, look at the sheer wisdom. So many things that the person, the human being, can get by just basic observation, basic observation, not scientific observation. That's why nobody has a monopoly over Iman. Nobody has a monopoly over being guided. Anyone and everyone, every single human being, has access to Hidayah. Because Hidayah, the tools to be guided, they're readily available anywhere and everywhere. You go, you look, you see, you hear, you feel. So for example, by basic observation of this universe, you can see Itqan. You can see Itqan, precision. Look at the sun. If the sun was slightly further away, slightly further away, everything would be turned to ice. If the sun was slightly closer, everything and every one of us would be burnt to smithereens. So that indicates what? Itqan, precision. The whole universe, us as human beings, I'm clearly looking at this brother, I can see precision. I can see at everybody here, precision. The way that we work, our minds work, precision. Everything is in the exact place that it should be. Itqan, precision. What else? We can see, uh, uh, taskhir, subjugation subjugation of the entities within this universe for the benefit of the uh, things that exist, every single element that exists within the universe. For example, we see that the plants, they need water, and therefore Allah sends down rain for the plants. We see that insects, they need plants, so we have plants available for the insects. We see that certain animals, they need to eat the insects, so the insects are there. Those animals, we human beings, need to eat animals. Animals are there. So everything that we, that we have available within this universe shows that things have been subjugated for our services. And likewise, we see inaya. We see care. <coughs> we see care and concern. Did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have to provide us with trees that provide us with oxygen? We didn't have to. Why did he do so? Ah, Inayah, care and concern from him for us. Did, did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have to make this earth be firmly fixed with mountains? Because if those mountains were there, weren't there, the earth it would shake. It would be shaking in the water. But Allah has provided mountains that have roots, roots that pl- are planted firm into the ground that prevent it from shaking. Did Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala have to do that? No, he didn't have to do that. But he did so. What does that show? Inayah. care and concern from the Maker, the Master the Most High. So all of these things they indicate rahma min Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. Mercy from him. Jalla wa az, Mercy from him upon the believers, and likewise upon the disbelievers. Those people who say amanna bihi wa aslamna ilayhi those people that say we've believed in him and we submit and we surrender and we give ourselves up to him allah has had mercy upon them and likewise those people that swear against allah curse against allah revile allah rebuke allah even those people we see the effects of his mercy upon them that he gives them anything and everything that they need to survive likewise he gives them anything and everything that they need To formulate whatever thoughts they want to formulate against him. And to say whatever they want to say against him. So just by basic observation of the universe, not only do we see that we have a creator, but we can see certain attributes of his. Uh, 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 The fact that he has care and concern. The fact that he has knowledge. The fact that he has will. The fact that he has power, ability. The fact that he has mercy. The fact that he has wisdom. And so on and so forth. Before we even enter into the actual revela- revealed texts within which we've been informed about this maker in detail. طيب, so that's the second matter. First matter is Al-Fitrah. Second matter, by which we know the existence of Allah, is Al-Aqal. Third matter is what? Al-Hiss. What you see, and what you, what, you, what you experience and perceive in your life. When a person, he makes dua, the people they pray, and that dua, it gets answered. How is it possible for that dua to be answered? People they made dua, Salat al-Istisqa, they pray for rain. For example, I remember sometimes, and the brothers from the Arab countries, they probably have experienced the same thing in their countries as well. A great amount of heat in our deen, there is something legislated called Salat al-Istisqa. The salah, of rain, the salah of seeking rain. For rain to come. For rain. For Allah Jalla wa'ala to send rain down. So therefore, in the time of the Messenger, a man he comes and he says that there is no rain. The crops have become dried. There's no rain. The Messenger, he makes dua for rain to come. The rain, it falls down. There's likewise in the time of the Companions. Ibn Abbas, uh, Abbas and who makes dua for rain to come down. Rain, it comes down. Likewise, even now, in Medina, Sheikh Ali al-Hudhaifi will make an announcement in Masjid al-Haram in Medina that uh, tonight there will be Salat al istisqa there will be a Salah of seeking for rain to come down. It has been an order from Malik Abdullah, Malik, uh, Malik, Abdallah, Malik Sal- uh, Salman, King Salman, that uh, royal order, royal decree, royal order has come uh, for the masajid to make dua uh, to make salat al-istisqa people make salat al-istisqa something that i see with my own eyes i witnessed myself and many of the brothers here perhaps have seen it as well you make dua you pray salat al-istisqa and then next what do you find allahu jalla sending rain down you've had problems in your life for example and you just you have you forget anything and everything and you just call upon allah ya allah my child is about to die please i beg of you save my child and you know all of us this this miracle that happens that you never expected your child to survive the doctor said there's no chance and some suburb some means from where you could never have even imagined has occurred and your child has been saved he's living he's healthy he's grown up now how did this happen this indicates what that you have a maker that is listening to your dua that is listening to your prayers. So that is His. Number four is what? What is number four? الشرع, the legislation. So number one, al nat- Fitrah, you just naturally believe that you have a creator, you just naturally recognize it, it's, it's, a, it's a given. It's Nonsensical to say the opposite. Number two, Al-Aql, the, the intellect by basic analysis you know that you have a creator why because either you were made by nothing that's not possible or you made yourself that's not possible so you were made by something number three his what you experience and see in life number four shutter legislation ie what the prophets came with the prophets came and they told us but the prophets they came and they told us something that was already found in our fitra already found in our intellect Already perceivable in day-to-day life, they came only confirming and re-establishing something that was already installed in our fitrah, something that we were already predisposed to. So a prophet he comes, a man he comes, a man that you consider to be truthful. It's not possible for him to be a liar. How can he be a liar when for 40 years he was given the title as al-Amin and as Sadiq, the truthful one and the one that is loyal and honest, and uh, uh, trustworthy so, f- so for 40 years, in an era and in an environment where where, where, where the powerful ones would devour the, w- the wealth of the weaker ones where the, where the powerful ones would oppress the weaker ones in that type of environment, in that type of era, in that type of atmosphere there is this one man that is known to be al amin al-Sadiq to be trustworthy and to be truthful So this man he comes and he then says You have a maker that you should worship The maker give thanks to him This maker he has chosen me as a prophet People try to negotiate with this prophet now Give up your message, we'll give you women No Give up your message and we'll give you power We'll make you our king No Give up your message and we'll make you the most wealthy among us No The only thing that I require from you is to say La ilaha illallah So all of the things, if it was the case that he was after power, if it was the case that he was after wealth, if it was the case that he was after women, all of those uh, 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 offers were put on the table for him, but he refused. Was it the case that he was a madman? Well, if you look at what he's saying, that isn't the speech of a madman. Was it the case that he was someone that was possessed? Well, if you look at the speech that he's saying, it's clearly not the speech of someone that is possessed by jinn. Okay maybe he's just a skilled poet well you the arabs this is your forte this is something that you are skilled at this is your field so just beat him at it but you are unable to beat it beat him rather the, the head of your poets he said i've listened when i listen to muhammad recite surah hamim i've listened to something that i've never heard before it's neither poetry it's not magic it's something that i've never heard before so therefore this man now that you know it's an absolute fact that you know he's telling the truth he's not a liar this truthful man is saying that you have a maker and you should worship him and this is what ashara means what the messengers and the prophets taught so we've already gone into 40 45 minutes of the lesson and that is just the first part of iman billah iman, iman <coughs> bi iman in the pre, in the existence of Allah, existence of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. We still need to discuss, and that is a very, very brief, condensed, uh, uh, rapid, accelerated discussion concerning iman billah. But even with that, we've taken up the whole lesson. So we still have three other aspects of the of iman billah to discuss. Inshallah Taala, we'll discuss that next week. Allah Taala, a'lamu. Sallallahu ala wa sallam. Muhammad. Wa rabbil alamin.